0: The information in this podcast is educational in general in nature and does not take into consideration the listener's personal circumstances. Therefore, it is not intended to be a substitute for specific individualized financial, legal, or tax advice. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a final decision.
1: Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Next episode of In the Market Trenches. We're really glad to be here. Um, we're your co-hosts, Eric Fury and Gary Reeby. If you're not already following us, remember, you can check us out on our blog at www.creativewealthpartners.com. You could follow us on Facebook or LinkedIn. Um, our podcasts are available wherever you can get podcasts. You could also access us at inthemarkettrenches.podbean.com also on SNN.network or, uh, the SNN YouTube channel. Which is youtube.com/snnwire. If you listened to us last episode, you'll know that some of these episodes we're going to have a guest. Some of them we're going to talk about our in the market trenches story. For this episode, we're really going to showcase our humility. We'll uh, we'll talk about a uh, a story that Gary and I had. You may also remember that sometimes we're going to share the name of the company that we're involved with. Sometimes we're not. This time we're not. But this happened a couple of years ago. If you're paying attention during that time, my guess is by the end of this, you might be able to figure it out. Uh, this is a store that has cryptocurrency, a company that emerged from bankruptcy. Uh, it was a turnaround. And I think mm, what you're going to find out is most importantly, a, a melting ice cube. Um, so Gary, how did we find the idea? And you know, what was the thesis?
0: Yeah, Eric, I think, uh, you know, getting in the trenches, uh, one of the places we like to look or are- areas of the market where, where there tend to be mispricings. And uh, one of the areas that we, we spend a little bit of time up here and there, sometimes during the process, sometimes after the process, is, is in uh, bankra- in the bankruptcy court and, and uh, reorg land, at least historically we have. Uh, this is one that was uh, a company that had a, a long storied, proud history, um, had uh, you know, over 100 something years,
1: uh, was an innovator
0: for a long time uh, had a, had a, you know, uh, and the business turned at some point though, they missed the digital transformation and the business turned it into something of a melting ice cube. And, uh, as they, they went up filing, uh, chapter 11, I don't know, seven, eight years ago, maybe a little bit more than that at this point. Uh, and, uh, we started taking a look at it coming out of, uh, the reorg. Uh, cause we thought, uh, well, well, this is a company that ran really bloated, this is an opportunity to clean it up. Um, they have a lot of num- a number of different divisions and, uh, you know, now they've got some private equity folks involved and, um, the thesis seems pretty simple, uh, you know, chop it up, cut costs, chop it up, sell it, move on. And, uh, that was at least where the thesis started. Um,
1: so when they emerged from something bankruptcy,
0: of an odyssey from there. they had
1: the, uh, they had the shares and they also had two different classes of warrants.
0: Right. 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 And we. And we got most interested in the warrants because the warrants give you sort of um you know warrants are a right to buy the stock at a specified price and they're long dated and so we by the time we were looking at this we had four and a half four to four and a half years for you know what we thought was a pretty simple cut cost clean it up chop it up story to play out and uh well just sort of uh things things sort of took a turn and
1: uh yeah i remember was, uh, uh
0: you had sent me
1: the the deck when they emerged from bankruptcy and we looked at it like, wow, those are some pretty lofty numbers. And then I think it wasn't until they got the new CEO in charge that we actually took a real look and like, okay, this is a serious company. They have a serious CEO. Um, you remember?
0: Yeah, they brought in a CEO yeah. that had worked with the private equity sponsor that had got sort of guided them through the, or wound up owning a lot of this out of the reorg process, owning a lot of actually the term loan and the common stock. Um, we, he had a pretty, pretty, pretty strong background working with the private equity sponsor in the past, had sold companies for them. Um, you know, and he had a history of, you know, sort of cutting costs and selling things. And, and, uh, a fairly impressive resume, if I recall. Um, there was something else about it that seemed to be a, that we thought was a little bit of a tell about at the time that made us a little bit more confident this is what it was. Um, he actually didn't move to where the company was headquartered. He lived across the country in in California, and uh, you know we thought, oh well, you know, okay, so maybe this is not as long of a long of a project, a long as long of a project as we thought. Because how long is somebody going to want to be flying back and forth between the coasts? Uh, what else do you remember about this, search? Yeah. I mean, that was it. It all kind of lined up to,
1: uh, you know, we had four, four and a half years till expiration on the warrants. You have this new CEO coming in, you have a, a pretty good presentation that they put out. Uh, you know, we thought that you know, it was, it was an asymmetric payoff on the warrants and all they had to do is execute on the, some of the parts strategy and just start chopping up the assets and selling them off. And so I think we started to put a small position onto the warrants. We reached out to the head of IR and started talking to him, um, getting comfortable with the financials. Pretty early on, and this was, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, we started talking no, no, no. about it pretty, pretty early on. It was, um, there was just headwind after headwind after headwind. And uh, I, what did you call the EBITDA?
0: Uh, so every quarter they would put it, so they they were guiding to this EBITDA number that was, you know, so contrived, I called it a FUBAR EBITDA, F stuff beyond all recognition. And, uh, uh, well, that that was at a certain point later on, but, uh, initially it seemed like a reasonably clean number, but it's sort of, as time moved on, there are all these puts and takes and songs and dances to, to why they didn't hit their numbers and how, if you squinted really hard, you spun around three times, and you stood on your head and you looked at it. Oh yeah, they definitely, they definitely hit the mark, right? <laughs> um, and that was basically every quarter. It was currencies, aluminum, headwinds, Brexit. Uh, I mean, y- you you name it, it happened to them. But I think the uh, what we started to sort of realize as time went on is that these are just businesses that are in in secular decline that were more intensely competitive than we would have liked to see. And the the industry, the the biggest uh, revenue uh, division, it was an intensely competitive industry where it was just in bad need of consolidation. And uh, the, the, the thing about that business was every day that you woke up, that business was a little bit worse than the day before. It just was. And so, uh, you know, we probably should have noticed that earlier on, but we it it would always sort of look after every quarter, it always sort of kind of looked cheap. And we would look at it and go, okay, well, here are, Here's where we're looking at this, and is it sort of reaching a, steady, a steadier state? And you know, if so, you, you know, this this certainly looks cheap, and these and this, this sort of warrant position has a good chance of working of working out. Um, do you remember um, early on, or well? One of the things about this company as it emerged is it really didn't talk to the investor community very well. We we bugged them to get a call, but they really weren't talking to too many other people. You remember the investor day that they held?
1: So there is the annual shareholder shareholder meeting that we went to and then there is the investor day. So which one do you want to talk about?
0: Let's talk about the investor day first because Sure. Uh the investor day was New York Stock Exchange. That was supposed to be their big coming out party and it was sort of like they just they, they got up on the you know to to use an analogy like a, like a high dive. They got they climbed all the way to the top of this this high dive and they just did a big belly flop. <laughs> <laughs> I mean and boy did it hurt and and boy were they were they red um you know the, the night before they dropped this 10q uh, and, and buried in the 10q was some some was it some warning on uh on a covenant issue yeah. and so halfway through the through, through the investor in the investor day which was supposed to be like a, a cheerleading party for them to really get people excited you know somebody raises their hand I'm like would you like discussing this covenant issue you disclosed in the in the uh in, in the 10Q and 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 from there it was like it was like the stock took a took a toboggan ride straight down from there that day, and uh, you know they put out all this really rosy two or three year guidance, but like this company had never hit a number in their life. The last time they hit a number was like like 1992. Um, <laughs> have had, had no visibility into their business, um, as we learned uh, over time uh, through pain and suffering. We learned that they had no visibility to their business, um, and it was just it, it, the the numbers that they put out. I, I I could best describe them as sort of a fantasy. I don't know. What do you think?
1: Uh, you nailed it. Um, yeah. I mean, was, they didn't come anywhere was,
0: close to hitting those numbers.
1: <laughs> <There is laughs> <That> the reality <laughs> and- it was it was painful. There was uh, I was expecting a big reveal during that the shareholder day. Um, I thought there was a real purpose behind holding it at, I mean, they, they brought everyone into a room just to disappoint them.
0: <laughs> um. it, it was like a big budget film with a story that went nowhere. <laughs> it was quite bad. Uh, but you know, even then the stocks still kind of look cheap and this is a lesson about these things. So when you get involved in sort of these value traps or some of the park species where you've got a, you've got a collection of, you know, I think they had one decent, what I would call one good business and then a whole bunch yep. of, uh a, a grab bag of other assets what were th- what were some of those assets they had one decent business that was centered around uh packaging but then they had a whole bunch of other m- other assets that were they
1: owned a bunch of real uh, estate they owned some legacy film rights it, they owned some
0: uh it wasn't film rights it was ip wasn't it like IP, IP, right 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 um they had a pension to us that looked conservatively marked from an accounting point, point of view that might have been <laughs> overfunded and like if they were Kind of right about it maybe they could have used it to to, to do some m a and get some synergies that way like there were all of mm-hmm. these different things that we thought could have happened and maybe should have happened but just for one reason or another weren't i mean there was a software division that we were kind of trying to figure out like what kind of what, you know what could they do with that and and, and, and it's, they I also had one, of their, time they,
1: they had one of their biggest competitors going out saying we're looking to do m a in this space yeah, and so, yeah, so for the big, us- their
0: biggest division had had uh, intense compet- competition and, you know, there was probably some, there were three players that really needed to go to two and um, there were some pretty big potential synergies with that, with that, with that third, with that other party. And, uh, you know, I don't know about you, but I remember we went to the investor day and, you know, we asked, the, we talked to, we were talking to the CEO and, you know, he was able to rattle off what he thought the synergies could be on, on something like that, like, like, Right off the top of his head, it's pretty darn mm-hmm. fast, and we were like, "Huh? Well, maybe this is something that might actually happen." And so that was a little bit later on. Um, do you want to talk about? Um, you know, the, the company was was keen to talk about these various "quote unquote" growth engines that they had, um, which wasn't clear to me. That one of them was actually growing, but uh, the other two or three that they were they they were trying to sell people on as being a growth business really really kind of weren't right so every quarter this business kind of sucked up the cash and you know the the EBITDA number was sort of slowly kind of eroding and then you know out of the blue one day um they announced that they were going to try to sell this division and what was the story with that eric remind me well
1: so they had that covenant issue right and then they came out and they said, they're gonna sell one of the divisions. And because it was a division that was gonna be sold, they put it into a discontinued op, as a discontinued op. And so based on the term loan agreement, anything that was in the discontinued ops didn't go towards breaching the covenant. Um, so they it could didn't add didn't that didn't go towards covenant even Right, and so that allowed them to get around any of the covenant issues. So they skirted that. They shopped the process for a little while. We talked to—I think he was—he was the head of AR, uh, IR, and then he became the CFO. And he yeah, seemed
0: like after they announced the, the, the sale process, they 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 moved this guy to be the CFO. Um, you know, it seemed like they were running a real process. Maybe they were. Maybe they weren't. We at, at this point, go you, to your head, were they running a real process or not? I mean, I don't, we don't know. I don't know. Uh, yeah. So this company I mean, was had in a, trouble, and companies in, companies in trouble do all kinds of weird things for different reasons. I mean, the thing about it, though, like to navigate the covenant issue, moving that to discontinued operations is actually really, really smart. It was. I mean, good. I wouldn't. Have, yeah. Um. So. So that 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 whole process sort of failed. Um, ultimately, one day, and 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 so. As we got into, we and we own the warrants on these things. that had some pretty significant time decay, so we needed this thing to be chopped up and parted out pretty, pretty fast. But you know, the underlying company wasn't doing very well. These warrants, um, you know, they were sort of uh, decaying in value as you got cl- as we got closer and closer to the uh, the expiration date, and. Um, you know, at some point they were just sort of in the accounts there for a tax loss and that was their primary value to me anyway. I don't know about you, Eric. Yep. And so I think you know this is the, the way the story ended was sort of was sort of fortuitous in a way because um, in New, both of us live in New Jersey and in New Jersey you can't carry forward losses that, uh, against your against your capital gains. Um, and so the only reason I didn't realize the loss on this and try to punch it out before the end of the end of the uh, calendar year, we we're coming up on sort of the expiration of these warrants they were going to expire the following year, was I can't I couldn't carry forward losses in New Jersey, and I was hoping to just try to do better tax planning. So I just kind of held on to them. I think you did the same, right, Eric? hmm Yep. And uh, in the beginning of January every year, um, there's this Consumer Electronics Expo that gets hosted in uh, Las Vegas, and this company attends every year, although the reasons why I don't seem all that, I can't quite figure out why they spend money on it. Um, it's not like they're, they're an attraction or anything like that, but they, they went this year and the CEO at, at this event, he said, this is right in the middle of the Bitcoin mania, you know, and people were adding blockchain to the title of their stock price, and it was going up like, like gangbusters just on that alone. Um, but then lo and behold, this company that, I wouldn't have expected to announce that they're doing anything with crypto, announces that they're doing something with crypto. And the stock <laughs> just sort of bought a bid. And then, you know, I looked, I, looked at uh, the I, I remember you, <laughs> you
1: You you texted me that morning and you, you sent me whatever it was, whatever they said. And I just looked at it and I shook my head and just like, all right, like I, they just need to sell a division. Like, I don't care about whatever they're doing in crypto. Just, just sell a division, do something. You just need to do something. And then, uh, you know, right when the news was announced, I don't think it moved too much, maybe, you know, a little bump. But then by like early afternoon, mid-afternoon, it just went crazy. (laughs) It took,
0: yeah, it took on a life of its own. And all of a sudden, these things that were basically no bid in my account were sort of starting to get some life to them. And, And we started to get a little bit of recovery on this. And I'm like, whoa, this is completely insane. Like, this is not, this is not at all what I expected to happen. Uh, and you know, we started looking in the afternoon and then the thing it just kept going and we started to start to unwind some and salvage some of the some of the loss that we occurred. And I don't know about you, but I think we we I, I kinda wound up holding some overnight because I was just, just like, this is just completely insane. And there's no there's no math too insane. There's no, you know, two there's no two plus two equals four. It's you know, you know, hopes and dreams times hopes and dreams equals whatever. And so you can you can kind of like there was no telling what might happen the next day. So you just kind of wanted to retain a piece of it. And I remember the next morning this this, this thing was nowhere near our, the strike price of the warrants two, two days before. And all of a sudden it was almost at the strike price, which means that these, this, these things took on significant value. And um, I don't know about you, but I, I couldn't get it out fast enough because I was just like, this isn't real.
1: I I couldn't get out of them fast enough.
0: Um the day before
1: the announcement, they're trading very low. They went up multiple multiples of where they were. And so I just, I was trying to process what had just happened uh, and trying to decide how much or if I wanted to hold any overnight. And I decided, you know, the mania is probably going to continue into the next day. Uh, But I knew before probably 10 AM, I wanted to be all out uh, and I did not want to stick around to see the next card. And so that's, that was my strategy. Um,
0: yeah, I I did the same thing, and and, and it was like a, it, around nine forty. I couldn't get it out fast enough. I was just like, this yeah. is. I mean, it, it got to the point where these things rose near the strike price, and and these these warrants that had. I mean, you say they were a low price. I think they were actually
1: no bid or like
0: a penny bid or something. Yeah. Um, it was it it was just about the craziest thing that I've ever seen happen. And if you told me, when we got into it two years prior, that. You know we would go on this odyssey and ultimately the crypto craze would would, would help us salvage some of it <laughs> i would have thought you would have, i couldn't have possibly dreamed this up it was so crazy uh, yeah. and the lesson in it isn't really to me the lesson in it isn't really you know uh hey you know how smart this was that we held on and they did this crypto thing that i mean the fact that we held on at all into the next tax year was sort of more dictated by our state's tax laws than than i think anything else and the fact that they did this during this mania like it's just complete dumb luck. So the lesson in this isn't dumb luck, the lesson in this is everything that happened before the dumb luck, right? Um, You know, it's sort of like, I I liken this to, you know, if you're trying to boil a frog, you don't just toss him into a pot of boiling water, he's gonna jump right out. Owning this company, was like, we were the frog and we were in a pot of water and it was just being heated to a boil. And, uh, you know, we were just fortunate that, you know, something happened and we were able to jump out before before it really, before we cooked ourselves, right? Right. But that's not gonna happen every time. So the the lesson to me in this is, you know, every day for this, like we we, we started to see see things like, you know, cute adjustments on the accounting, the the cash flows weren't matching up to the, the covenant numbers they were guiding people to, this thing was, and so there were all these sort of little red flags along the way, but, you know, we kind of anchored to the idea that these were some smart people doing what smart people have always done. And when you added it all up, it worked out just fine. Um, it, we, we probably didn't adequately consider whether or not it was even possible to part out a lot of these things, right?
1: Yeah, and I think that's that was a big takeaway for me is if I'll see a lot of some of the parts analyses, and I'll even do them myself. But the question is always, can the parts actually be separated? And so this was an instance where there's so much overlap between all the parts even if they were to sell a division, I think it's really hard for the acquirer to realize the synergies just because there's so much overlap between the other divisions. So trying to part this out was incredibly more difficult than I, than I originally anticipated. Um,
0: And so I I think they were, I mean,
1: yeah, the biggest division
0: was a big, you know, they were, their customers of their biggest division were also big customers Mm -hmm. of the software that they were selling for some of it. And they had this park and the park was a big, you know, I mean, really they were, they were, they were showing this thing as if it was like five or six divisions, but really it was like two at most. Two. Right. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: And then the other thing was, you know, I put a lot of faith in the, the, the people that owned a lot of the common in the term debt coming out of bankruptcy. I, I projected onto the CEO, you know, what my agenda would be if I were him thinking that it was easy for him to execute on, uh, he always had a good story Could never talk about like real firm numbers or real strategy, but it always kind of sounded good. Um, you know, I remember even following them on Twitter. Sometimes I'd see a picture of like, you know, the head of whatever division was missing from the picture. So then I'm thinking, okay, did they actually sell that division? Um, and so of course, of course they did not. Um, (laughs) and so, yeah, it's, it's the sum of the parts. Recognize the melts, melting ice cube when you have one and don't project on your views to the management assuming that it's it's easy for them to execute if they're thinking the same things that you are, even if they're giving Easier you... Easier or even
0: possible, even possible right, right? Right, right. We have we have, we at this point still don't even know if it was possible. I mean, this company's still out there sort of... Uh, it's kind of a walking zombie a little bit, in my opinion, right now. Uh, I'm surprised it hasn't been a 22 at this point, but um, you know there were some other people that came in, and sort of uh, a 22 is a company that files Chapter 11 twice. For those of you who, uh, who may not be familiar with the term, uh, and so I'm I'm a little surprised that that hadn't that hasn't happened. So yeah. you know, uh, it's it was an interesting learning lesson. I think uh, you know in terms of things that we could have learned a lot on this was a good one. I mean it had you know, finite periods of time. It had some, some sort of like, issues with accounting and the cash burn and the, and the, and the discontinu and sort of games that could get played with shifting things around and, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, you know, the melting ice cube, some of the parts that can't be like, there was, there was a lot to this one. And, um, I'm fortunate. I think I feel pretty fortunate that, that the tuition and all this one, this, this, this lesson that was taught to me by the market, um,
1: you know, it wasn't
0: as high as it could have been because we, we cut, we sort of got lucky at the end of it. I don't know. How do you feel? That's, we got very, you know, we're very,
1: very fortunate
0: that we, we got billed out of that one. This, this company also sells like a lot of consumer products. So like they've got like a brand. And so, and the, the postscript to the story is that, uh, you know, when I, when we got on, we got done with it, I, I actually went on their website and I bought, I bought company branded t-shirts and I, and I bought one for myself and I sent one to you. I, I don't know. We, we debated wearing them for this podcast, but ultimately we decided we didn't really want to out the company, (laughs) but, uh, you know, I still wear mine. (laughs) I I still wear mine occasionally too. Uh, just to, you know, one of the most important things in investing, I think is to wear and own your mistakes and really celebrate them. And, uh, this is one, I think we can, uh, we can celebrate more than others because we sort of got lucky on the back end.
1: I think that's a great place to end this this uh, this episode. You know, I'd, let's wrap it up yeah, there yeah. unless you have and, anything else.
0: Yeah, so I think this will give people a flavor of what we're hoping to talk about on this on this, on this this podcast. And
1: when we bring guests
0: on, what we're hoping to have them talk about. And if you're listening to this and you've got an interesting story where you've learned something, uh, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to have you on the show. Um, if you're a student and you want to come on and pitch us an idea, uh, we'd love to ask questions about it and maybe help you avoid some of the, potentially avoid some of the pain doesn't really make you a better person and maybe we can can all learn from each other's mistakes. Uh, So uh, what else, Eric, what are we missing as we wrap it up? Uh, Next episode, we're really excited.
1: We have a a special guest that's going to come on. It's a former classmate of yours. A lot of people will recognize the name. You've you've definitely, if you follow uh, finance on Twitter, you've you've come across the handle. Um, So we're really excited to have him on. Again, again, if you it's want really to check us out, Twitter game. yes. Uh, remember, check us out on our blog, www.accrete We're on LinkedIn, we're on Facebook. Um, you could download and subscribe to podcasts wherever podcasts are available. Our website is in the market trenches.podbean.com. We're also available on snn.network, or you could get us on the uh, snn YouTube channel it's slash S-N-N-WIRE. Thank you, everyone, for listening. This is a lot of fun for us. Uh, Even though it was a little painful rehashing this story, we learned a lot. We have to remind ourselves that these things happen, the lessons that we've learned. We hope we shared some of those lessons with you. It's something to learn. And we look forward to talking to you next episode.
0: Take care. Looking forward to it.